listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Hello there, and welcome to All Things Therapy. Whether you are watching live on Facebook, on YouTube, or listening in your car or taking a walk, welcome. I'm happy to be with you this week. I am really happy to have as my guest today a fellow podcaster, and we share some similar passions. So in just a few minutes, we're going to be with Garrett Wood talking about just some free-flowing conversation and topics surrounding expectations and how they affect our experiences, synchronicity, and how when we're in the flow of things um, or not, or we're not sure that synchronicity can confirm that we are in the flow. Just some things that her and I have both been talking about. Before that, I would love to invite and ask you to rate and review this podcast on the platform that you listen, All Things Therapy. It helps a lot in the metrics for the show to be boosted and shared with more people. If you do rate and review, I would appreciate that so much. And if you are looking for a therapist, I am taking new clients. Go to nolatherapy.com. It's the abbreviation for New Orleans, Los Angeles, therapy and send me an email. You can also just schedule yourself through the scheduling link. There's a list of my services. I am all virtual phone, Skype, FaceTime, and Zoom. So you can be comfortably wherever you are, as can I. And um, if you have pets, it's been really cool working with people virtually, seeing their pets and kind of where you live. I feel like it adds some depth and richness to the therapy sessions, seeing you in your environment and you seeing me in mine. So I like that a lot. And please get my book if you haven't. It is a book titled The Chiron Effect. Healing Our Core Wounds Through Astrology, Empathy, and Self-Forgiveness. It came out in November of 2020. I have had the best time sharing this book with you on different interviews and podcasts, including Garrett Wood's show, who's my guest today. And um, my book is endorsed by His Holiness, the 14th Dalai Lama, and it has really concrete and unique principles on healing through the lens of self-forgiveness and exploring those layers of judgments that we hold against ourselves, sometimes not even really aware that we are. Life can happen so quickly sometimes that we just breeze on by, brush through experiences, and not necessarily taking the time to reflect and allow ourselves to make meaning of our experiences in a way that most deeply serve us for our happiness and our joy and to serve in the creation of our life with intention. So my book covers all of those topics. I am happy to share with you my most recent podcast sponsor. I'm wearing their clothing. They are Faraday brand. It's two twin brothers, Mike Faraday and his brother, and they make this high-end cotton clothing, perfect for the summertime that we're in, men and women's clothing. They also have accessories like shoes that they sell from other makers and sunglasses. They've been featured in Vogue and GQ. This is like super high-end. I don't know if you can see in the video, like really 
well-made material. And they believe in their products so much that they offer you a lifetime guarantee, meaning that if you are unhappy, want to change a size or just trade out what you have, they will trade out your purchases the lifetime of which you own them. And they're offering you 20% off as my listener. Go to fairtybrand.com forward slash ATT for all things therapy for your 20% off to try out their clothes. They have dresses, they have shirts, they have pants. I mean, they have sunglasses, they have on cloud running shoes, for instance, available. Definitely check them out. 20% off fairtybrand.com forward slash ATT. And it's spelled F-A-H-E-R-T-Y brand.com forward slash ATT. I also want to share a podcast that I've been listening to and really love and recommend. This show is called Inside Personal Growth, and it's a man named Greg Voisin with a V, who is the host. He's interviewed people like Ram Dass, some really deep dives into esoteric, metaphysical, and psychological principles and truths. I was his guest just last week, so that show is up with me. And again, Inside Personal Growth with Greg Voisin, just want to give him and his show a plug. He's a really thoughtful interviewer, and I enjoyed immensely that time with him. Okay. I am so happy to introduce to you Garrett Wood. She is the host of Dare to Move podcast, and she's a storyteller. And this is something I plan to ask her about. She wrote her first book in third grade and has always been really into stories and how they inform our lives. Her goal is to inspire you to take steps to see what's actually possible for you. And in that vein, she is a mindset coach. She's a fitness and nutrition expert and an author. So Garrett, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be back chatting with you and connecting on all things. It is. I appreciate that, Garrett. And having you as my guest this time, you know, I know you're a new mom. We were just talking about how your baby boy is 15 weeks old tomorrow. And one of the topics that you brought to my attention, having to do with expectations and how they inform our experience. And for you around motherhood, I don't know if you want to start there, but just kind of that was in the forefront of my mind today. I love that. I I start all of my coaching sessions with a check-in of like, how am I really doing in this moment? And so I think it's so appropriate to start there because prior to this, I was pumping breast milk. So here (laughs) we are. (laughs) And um, with expectations, you know, you thought you asked me like, what is up for you? What what do you want to connect on? And for me, you know, as a coach and, and you as a therapist, we're very present to helping others, projecting, teaching. And motherhood has brought me into the experience of a lot of what I teach in new ways. And the biggest one was the expectation around the postpartum phase, because thankfully so much is out there on Instagram. So many women sharing vulnerably about the downsides, the frustrations, the struggles, uh, everything physically, mentally, emotionally. So I was kind of prepared for the worst. Okay. Uh, And there were so many things that I, I realized, wow, like it's not that bad. Why was I kind of having this doom and gloom going into parts of it, uh, like the healing and um, the hormonal roller coaster, mm-hmm. uh, when it wasn't that bad? And there are other parts I wasn't um, expecting. So it's really had me contemplate 
how much weight I put on expectations. And sometimes we're not even conscious of the expectations we hold. You know, and I'm wondering too, Garrett, something like having a child, it's like a big deal, you know, and it, it's it's like a really new beginning, a lifelong commitment in, in a way that I think no matter how many books you might read or how you might prepare, it's like, I imagine I haven't had my own children at this point, but like how to be prepared. And I sense you wanted to be prepared. And yet there's also like just kind of on the job, like living it live. And what for you, was there any, has there anything so far that's been really surprising to you that stands out in this new journey into motherhood? I think what stands out is this idea of mental toughness. Like, what is that? Mm. Because we apply mental toughness in fitness, right? In right. doing a really hard hike or going through a career slump or something like an interpersonal relationship. And there's something so gritty about motherhood where it's like yesterday I realized I didn't brush my teeth. <laughs> like I was alone <laughs> with the baby from 5 a.m. until 7. My fiance went to Boston um, to his office. They're doing a hybridized work situation. And you're like, whoa, like I didn't look in the mirror and there's surprising things about your own self-care. And for me, my own spirituality, because mm -hmm. so much of my life in the last three years has been my self-growth, my personal growth, my spiritual journey, all of that. And it's so beautiful and it's so awesome. And what's been surprising to me is not that it's fallen by the wayside because I don't it's not like I don't think about that, sure. but I don't have time to do 90 minutes of meditation, you know, and yeah. things like that, where the little trade-offs and the mental toughness comes in because you're like, how do I get through this? Stay connected to myself, stay connected to my beliefs and my own journey and let this integrate as part of it. You know, as I'm hearing you say that, Garrett, I'm reflecting on, I've been spending a lot of time with a dear friend, Kathy, and her two and a half year old son. And it's been really interesting to me that like when I'm spending time with them, I'm just engrossed in him, whether it's like we're having coffee and he's playing and it's just kind of attending to him visually and verbally, like as he's playing, hammering out little things or going out to eat. And it's like, I don't just like time passes. And I notice I don't even really think about myself in, in like a really nice way. It's just kind of like mm. this focus on him and really being in the moment. And as I asked her about that, she said, oh my gosh, yes. Like she's just so in the moment with him. It's like, things that used to be important, like certain organizations and her cabinets, like it doesn't even matter. And it's kind of like, to me, that's refreshing and delightful just to not be so like focused on mm -hmm. myself as I'm spending time with him. It's like time feels different. Like it's just passing and yet everything gets done. It just might be different than it used to. And I just recently had that experience being back in Los Angeles and visiting with them. Yeah, it's in the it's the um, experience of being versus doing, which I was so present to in theory and in other parts of my life. But I, I'm sure, like you, I, I'd wake up. Okay, I have these podcast interviews. I have these coaching clients. I'm going to do my workout. Do 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 do. And there's been many days where I wake up. I'm like, I'm going to be a mom when I wake up, and I don't know what else that entails today. And yes. I don't have a schedule for it. And it's very, yeah. uh, like you said, refreshing. It's humbling. It's challenging, but it's also light. Yeah. Very light. Yeah. It's, it's been, so when you, when you suggested talking about this and your experience of having your son, I was like, oh, this feels really cool because since I've been hanging out with my friend and her son, mm -hmm. who's young, I'll, most all my friends have children and they're older now. So 
it's been a while since I've been around a little one mm. and, um, and just how, you know, I delight in how he's so just about like what he wants to do. He wants to go hammer this or go drink that. And just how kids have this innate, um, ability to just kind of please pleasure you know, themselves in a way that I think we start to lose sight of as we mm. socialize and become so focused on others and expectations and kind of losing our sense of what makes us happy in the most basic sense. And I've been so wonderfully reminded and watching him to, um, you know, tune back in to those things. I wonder for yeah. you if you've had any, like what your thoughts are and experience on that. Yeah, it's funny because the last time we spoke, you and I were talking about figuring out your wound, four wounds through Chiron. Right. And it stuck with me because I thought, wow, like his soul's going to have this regardless of like what I do. And, you know, if we uh, decide that he chose me and I chose him and yeah. it's all for a higher purpose, it's not like I can feel guilty or I should worry, but it just stuck with me because mm -hmm. it's a huge role. And then um, on top of that, I read the other day, uh, I think somebody on Instagram had posted that the child, a child's inner critic can come online as early as four years old. Wow. And I, I, I mean, I don't know if this person, if it's for sure, it's probably different for everybody. But what you just said is so focused on themselves and pleasing themselves and playing and just being these perfect little beings, it made, it made me pause to really notice his joy and be attentive to that because if when at four he has his inner critic come on I want to be present to that so it's like a hyper presence without losing sight of yourself you know I love what you're saying and it's making me think of I read something the other day having to do with when a parent criticizes a, a child they don't hate you they start to hate themselves and it's like that onboarding of the inner critic and, mm. and the way we start to see ourselves. And I think it's a direct reflection and mirror of like, for example, being around Kathy's little boy, you know, it's also a lot like, you know, I'm jumping up to, it's not like the enjoyable coffee and meditation. Yeah. And I can see if you're a parent, if you're going through your own depression, anxiety, whatever kind of personal issues or problems, impairing your ability to be present, or you might be dismissive, like, oh, shut up, you know, and get away from me. Like, I can see how, you mm. know, parenting, like, if you're not in a the best place you can be, it's, it's so demanding mm. at, at so many levels that, that easily one can fly off the handle, and that starts to, you know, affect the child's sense of themselves in the world. And just, you know, so I, I just was having this awareness of that being around him and reading this quote and going back to the core wounds, which I think, you know, ideally in our lives, it's just area of vulnerability because, mm. you know, and, and when there's been trauma, when there's an, a, been abuse and certainly it's, it's deeper woundedness, but when we've been attended to well and, and had positive experience from our caretakers, we might just have areas of vulnerability. So don't be, yeah. don't be scared, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and just, um, yeah, just what are your thoughts about that? I think it's just being attuned. I want to say based on what you had on your website, I was looking at the dates and I think it was unimportant, like feeling unimportant, what could potentially be a vulnerability, we'll call it for him. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things that makes me realize that is, I don't know about you, but let's use the coffee example. Um, I went to a coffee date with a friend when I was pregnant 
And the whole time we're sitting here, the phone was in between us. Like there was, there was a phone at the table and that's fine. We all have phones. We're all connected all the time, but this phone was like, I don't want to say a security blanket, but it was like plexiglass. Like it was so divisive between our conversation. And one of my spiritual teachers, when I brought this up, had said, you know, she's in so much pain. She can't be present. Like she Mm. can't be all here because of whatever pain it, it comes on for her when she's here. And so this wow. is just an aside to share that when I am with my son now, it's such a habit of from, you know, 10 plus years to just grab my phone real quick that I have to be really conscious about yeah. being with him versus my phone. And it, it all started because I don't want him to feel unimportant. Oh, that's yeah. what I with You're not unimportant, but she must be in pain to be right. so... Yeah, so it's an interesting. Absolutely, it is interesting, and kind of ties back into what I was uh, reflecting on with the, you know when a parent's in pain, when a parent something's yeah. taking them away from being with you as that child you were. Like I feel like I can understand that with some more empathy now yeah. than than when I was younger, and and just wondering what happened and why mm-hmm. didn't you you know do X, Y, and Z, for example. That it's such a good metaphor you're using with the phone and people being in, you know, when it's hard for them to be present, Mm -hmm. then they look for distractions. Mm -hmm. And some of it's habitual, like me in this case, like I wasn't in pain, but I'm just, I'm so attuned to my, my life prior to this massive shift that you want to grab your phone. um, And I don't want him to take that, that on that I care about my phone, you know, once he's absolutely, I think it's great. You notice that. And even using this phone, as an example, I notice that I'll go to reach for my phone, say if I'm in an elevator with others, and there is no good reason to look at my phone. So right. I'm sure to be aware, like, don't, there's nothing on that phone for you to look at. Yeah. Instead, why don't you just say hi instead? Mm. But it's like this anxiety sometime in public yeah. and maybe just standing there waiting in a line, like mm. instead of just being there and being present and like, I, yeah, that's when I notice I, I have the impulse to reach from my phone and yet resisting it to see what comes up mm. and like, it's been okay. It might take a couple of seconds, but mm-hmm. like, I'm all right. I can hang here and not distract myself on the screen. And it's yeah. been interesting to kind of work through those moments without distracting. And I think those moments are probably happening a lot for people because as we return back to more social gatherings, we're not used to being in the presence of people that aren't either our roommate or our partner or our immediate family. So it's interesting to share. I don't know if you've had that experience to share space with people in public or just in other, someone else's home or whatever in a small gathering, because for so long, we've just been with ourselves. Yes. You know, I had that earlier on. I feel more comfortable again being with others but I remember at first and I don't remember when this was being with others I felt a little socially awkward Mm. and and then I and then I just kind of normalized it well you're not alone feeling this and I kind of asked friends like are you feeling a little weird and they're like oh my gosh I haven't been around Mm. people like and then we just kind of laughed and Mm. it, it dissipated is that kind of what you mean yeah 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 the social things I haven't been with close friends as much, but I did just spend three weeks with family. And it is interesting because um, my brother had lived in New Zealand. My other brother was in Hawaii. We're all together. I'm with my dad, my stepmom. It's it's a whole thing. And um, you forget how much other people can be mirrors to you and like show like, oh, that's interesting that you eat that. Or that's interesting that you did that with your hair. Like you're like, oh, I didn't realize I do that. 
because we've been yes so so you know garrett i'm curious about weaving this conversation more into what made you start your podcast dare to move Mm -hmm. like how like i'm so curious to know how you came to podcasting and and what you notice about being a podcaster Oh, I love this question. Uh, So I studied journalism in college and I sort of didn't see myself going into TV news. I didn't see myself working for a tired old newspaper, Um, but I always, I never got to exercise the interviewing skills that I really honed in college to write the stories that I was writing. And the part that was always lost on me when I'd had to have to write a story was the interview that happened before the story was where, to me, the magic happened. Mm. And I got to interview this, I forget if he was in his 80s or late 70s, but this basketball coach at um, Miami of Ohio who had been there for decades. And it was just this really special interview that I tried to record and and I just, I wanted to go back to that magic. And I had also just um, published my book in 2018. So th- by the end of 2018, I'm like, I want to talk about my book. I want to release coaching episodes. And the universe was bringing me to some really interesting people that I was having yes. chats with. And I was like, I want to get to know them better. I want to pick their brain. And I think they can help others too. So it was just sort of a passion project that has led me to great people like yourself and Thank you. just truly full of learnings from so many unique people. What, um, and wait, so your book, Dare to Move, how did you even come up with this Dare to Move? I'm curious about the title of your podcast and your book. It's sort of a funny story. And I don't know if I've ever said this out loud, but I was dating a guy in Nashville. And the thing about Nashville is there's all these funny sayings and the, the like they call them unicorns people who are from nashville born and raised because now everyone's flocking to nashville anyway they used to have this phrase uh dead to me like oh that's dead to me and i thought it oh, sounded yeah. so negative um i didn't like it they'd say dtm that's dead to me and i was like i'm gonna turn it into something mm-hmm. positive and i happened to be moving from chicago to boston i was scared for lack of a better term, shitless to move across the country to a city where I didn't know anyone. And I was just like, I got to dare to move. I just got to do this. And then with the physical fitness element of my life, it kind of flowed with my own brand. So in 2014, I just started hashtagging dare to move, dare to move, dare to move. And then this crazy thing happened with my move. It was worth writing a book about. So I was like, well, that's the title, dare to move. And uh, my nutrition program was called dare to eat and kind of all fits. Wow, it really so interesting. And and I'm hearing you you kind of threw yourself out the nest to move, even though you were scared shitless, this need and desire to do, do it anyway. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, everything happens for a reason. But at the time, I will completely admit there was a little bit of scarcity involved. I went to a school and was raised in the Midwest where it's like, you get your ducks in a row and you get the job with the 401k, even if you don't like it. And you do your hobbies outside of work. And I had a job. And um, it four months into working there, they're like, we're moving you to Boston. And I was like, wow, heck no. I, I don't like the East Coast. I don't know why. I just thought I didn't like it. Um, my friends are here. My passion projects here. I worked for a fitness place that I loved. It was yes. growing, it was sexy. It was fun. And um, so I was like, but scarcity, scarcity. I have to take the job. I have to do what the job requires. I can, I can do anything for a year. It's just a year. So I did it. And it was the hardest thing I've ever done. I hated Boston for two years. I went from hating it for two years to loving it. Um, And now I'm still here on the East Coast seven years later. uh, And thanks to the move, I met the love of my life. And, you know, the rest is history. But it was scary. You know, and I think that speaks to what you and I were talking about before coming live about 
like I had thrown out things working out and you've, I've heard you say today already about um, the kind of like divine order. You didn't use those words. So I'm Mm -hmm. curious to know more about how you see the unfolding of things and, and such. You know, I'm more present to it now. I don't want to say I'm constantly looking for it, but I'm very attuned to very little things like a very important email to someone today named Alexa. And then I got an Alexa follow me on Instagram two minutes later, like little things wow. like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm constantly attuned to. Um, at the time, I did go through a lot of victimhood. I went through um, this is happening to me. This, I, I, I hate that this is happening to me. Why is it so hard for me? But there's somehow, and I don't really know what this is, but you know, the inner critic voice, I, I have one, like we all do, but I also have this voice I've had since I was a little girl that like is stronger and like yeah. better than that voice. And so there was always a part of me that's like, but do it anyway, like start that business. Um, like when the short part of my book, a little bit of a giveaway is that the company that yeah. um, moved me to Boston ended up firing me. And I was 24. I hated the city. I had no friends, was in a mentally abusive relationship and I was fired. And it was like very much a rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason they fired me was like a whole conspiracy. Hence why I wrote the book. But um, I had to move through that. And yeah. one of the things that helped me was it started as pretending, right? Sometimes you have to fake it till you make it, try on new mentalities. But I was like, what if this is all happening for me? Like, what if it is? And yeah. I yeah. sort of tested that hypothesis every day. What if, what if, what if, and then what? And little by little things started happening and um, it all makes so much sense. But this is actually an interesting point about expectations is that um, it's not like I'm expecting for it to be perfect, but I do think having really big ideas and high intentions can help guide you. So that even if things are tough, you know that it, you're going, you have a North star. I think for me, always having something I'm working towards, even if yeah. it's the deadlift weight at the gym yeah. um, has helped me get through that. You know, and going back to mentioning yourself as a younger person, what about this eight-year-old self that you were writing a book? Can you share with us about storytelling and its <laughs> value to you and, and more about that? Well, I am a type seven on the Enneagram probably has something okay. to do with it. I'm an enthusiast. What is a type seven? Is that I just enthusiast, okay. visionary kind of like, I think our downfall is we start a lot of projects and don't finish them. Okay. Um, but I, I love, I just have a very big zest for anything that I care about. And there was something about the stories my mom would tell actually as far back as kindergarten, I would go to school the next day, pre-K or you know, half day kindergarten. And I tell the stories again, because I loved evoking emotion out of yeah. each other, out of other people. And it's sort of my way to relate to people is through storytelling. And um, as far as why I think my inner critic sometimes worries, like, maybe I shouldn't talk about myself, or maybe I shouldn't, but my, my core desire is always to relate. And I think we relate so deeply through, through storytelling, the challenge is mm-hmm. simply the vulnerability um, for yeah. some people and what you share. Um, I kind of live like no filter, um, yeah. but I, I feel better that way. I don't like holding back. Totally. What What is your sign astrologically? Um, I'm a Sagittarius. I'm actually wearing my sign uh, on this little necklace. It's my, the um, constellation. Oh, cool. So I, I know uh, Sagittarius is value truth, 
in my understanding. Yes. yes. And like <laughs> disseminating to... it, broadcasting it, which is exactly what yeah. you're doing. Yeah. I was, I always um, used to joke that I'm honest, Abe. Like I, I want to know the truth. I thought about yeah. going into law, which does involve a lot of good storytelling to win a case. Right. So can we talk about your mindset coaching and how you work yeah. with people and, and more about that for our listeners? Sure. So when I started coaching in 2014, like officially, officially, not just free yeah. information and the DMs and stuff like that, I um, started with nutrition and I very quickly realized that like, look, you can Google this information. I'm going to be really great at holding you accountable. And, you know, maybe people are coming to me for accountability and week after week with my high accountability, um, people are checking in with me daily, weekly phone calls. I realized the phone calls weren't about like, should I eat an apple or cake? Mm. Like we're talking about their emotions. We're talking about why they feel blocked, why they're unhappy in the first place, why they want to. So I start realizing how much of a mental game it is. And then I don't, it's sort of because of my parallel real estate career that I had and my business acumen, I sort of pivoted it into what I wanted to initially do is I just called it business coaching. What I realized was even the business clients, they don't really need to always talk about numbers. They, they have accountants for that. They need to talk about their experience in it and their own stuff yeah. coming up. So I started working purely on mindset coaching and it was a lot of my nutrition clients who then came to me for this more of a mindset coaching experience, which to me, I didn't realize how emotional it would be. Um, mm -hmm. But the different, and, and I'm not a, a licensed therapist or anything like that, but I think the difference is it's, it's creating a safe space and a high accountability space to show up for ourselves and carving out that space every week for people to kind of, I hold the wall for them to throw spaghetti at, at times yeah. is really serving. Um, and I enjoy it. I can tell that you do. And to combine, you know, mindset is so important. Our mind is where everything begins. It's like the origin for me of, of everything. The thoughts that we think that create the beliefs that we have about what's possible for us, what's not possible for us, mm -hmm. then affects what we try for and what we don't. Yeah try for and even how we manage our emotions around those things like fear for me becoming a podcaster it's like it was my deepest des desire and I was so scared as well mm. like and but I know when I have that combination of something that kind of scares the shit out of me but I'm equally excited it's like it's a must do you know when I reached out I found LA talk radio really love it here and you know it helps like make it easier like once I started to to investigate and really Google search and learn. I think education can help when we're scared to educate mm. ourselves about the process, about, because information can, yeah. can take away the fear. I think fear is mm -hmm. present when there's just so much unknown, when the unknown is more than mm. what we know, we get scared and it's yeah. natural yet. I've learned we don't have to dwell there. And, and so mindset and even because I, I used to think mindset was what you mentioned, this like tough, just toughing it out, kind of like mm -hmm. shutting off feelings and grit and determination. And that that might that will get you somewhere for sure. But I don't mm -hmm. find it to be sustainable in the long term or even feeling really good because there's always this punitive nature to yeah. it. And this like criticism of oneself mm -hmm. versus like an encouraging coach, like who's very firm you know, and like holds, hold, you can hold yourself 
accountable yet in a way that's that's more gentle that's more even exciting much like working out mm. like for me i see a lot of parallel parallels as you do like i've been working on balance and particularly on the bosu ball flipping it upside down and mm. learning progressively working up to doing front squats back squats oh. kettlebell swings like all kinds of stuff that that's taken like almost a year to wow. To develop the core strength to to balance and do those things, and it felt at first impossible. Um, but like when you break things down and just take it step by step, the you know it mm. comes together, and it feels so awesome to finally be able to do those things. It's like you know, and I didn't do it by like saying you're a piece of shit or you're weak. It's like <laughs> yeah. come on, you know what? But I used to be like that, and I'm curious for you and your mindset and its evolution, what that trajectory has been like. Yeah. You know, it's funny because if marketing wasn't that important, I would call it heart set coaching. Mm. What my spiritual teacher said that to me one time, she was like, you know, you're not doing mindset. It's like, you're getting people in their hearts. You're getting them ah. in touch with how they really feel about all of this. And I think that that's what the shift in the shortest nutshell has been for me, because like you, it was like, I was doing spin classes before high school. Like I wow. was, with all the 50-year-olds at spin class at the gym before, yeah. before high school, as soon as I got my license, because of my inner critic, because I did not like my body. And it was a really kind of um, sad thing. But at the mm -hmm. same time, I thought, oh, I'm going to be the toughest. I'm going to be the most fit. I'm going to lose the most weight. And it's like, there is a benefit to that. But what I wasn't addressing is why I needed to over-exercise because of the feelings I was experiencing. Yes. So- fitness is beautiful and it's an incredible outlet and it's, um, it gets us in our body. Yeah. And the reason we actually want to go in our body from exercising, besides the fact that we have to literally feel our toes and our shoes to balance right. is that the endorphins that we're kind of creating feel much better than maybe the feeling we're experiencing when we're sitting at our desk, really stressed out. Mm -hmm. And so my evolution has really been to body acceptance and figuring out how to love myself. And before that, I was even realizing that I really didn't. I mean, I did competitive bodybuilding, competitive powerlifting, all yeah. these things, thinking then all of myself, it's like achieve, 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 and do, right. do, do. And what's interesting, well, not interesting, it's pretty perfectly uh, orchestrated is that those are the types of people I attract, you know, these really big overachievers, venture capitalists, lawyers, doctors, yeah. all these people who are so successful, but their gym either uh, over exercising or challenges are sort of the alarm that makes them realize, oh, maybe something isn't really right for me. Yeah. How do I get into my heart and sometimes out of my mind, which exercise helps that and into it my does. body. And so that I can be with true presence. So that sort of what I coach now, whether it does involve physical fitness training or nutrition and breath work brings us full circle to, we don't have to escape our mind. Can you talk more about true presence? Somehow those words kind of like really rang loud to me as you just said them. It's been so up for me because so much of our, our life as achievers, and I'm sure the listeners can attest to that, wanting more, accomplishing more, making more money, all of those things requires a lot of multitasking and it's become so normalized. You know, the other day I was watching a show and the woman was sitting, it's taking place in maybe the 60s. She's sitting outside on her work break, smoking a cigarette. 
now cigarette aside she's just sitting there yeah and I was like wow when do we do that anymore mm-hmm. we don't we I mean I'm sure some people do but we're just so wired and connected and we're on our phone while we're scrolling Netflix and we're checking our email and um for me it's being able to just sit outside and actually not worry and so there are modalities like breath work and exercise and therapy to sort of get some of the crap out of our brain so that we yeah. can just be but i think we all have a little bit of an addiction to the stuff to live from here up versus in our bodies right and so yeah. true presence for me is just being okay with just sitting somewhere you know i've nothing to do Garrett, I'm a big believer in every day taking cell phone free time, like leaving my phone at home, whether I'm going for a walk or, um, or something, just something that every day I set it down and it's not even on my person. And it feels so good to just be with my thoughts, Mm -hmm. you know, just be with the flowers as I walk around my neighborhood here in Los Angeles in particular, there are these beautiful rose gardens Mm -hmm. everywhere. And I literally stop and smell flowers and you know, and it's like really cool. I never used to do that. And so just really encouraging myself. And now it's innate. It's like I crave going to do that. I'm going to do that after our after our se- mm. session, our interview today. You know, go <laughs> walk session. to the gym. Yeah. And like, it's a great session. yeah, it, it, it feels like it, like yeah. um, in a good way. And so even going back to synchronicities and when we're aware, when we're in the moment, the little cool things that, that happen. I've come to expect them every day. Things like the numbers on the clock lining up, or I look down Mm -hmm. at my odometer and the numbers line up. Like I I expect that every day and it happens. And even the littlest of things that surprise me because it it tunes me into the awareness of just how loved we are and how watched over we are. I was at my office last week sending a fax and I kept sending this fax and it was not going through. And I started to feel some frustration and there's a little voice in my head, go check your mailbox. And I thought, I I just checked it yesterday. There's nothing in there. And it was like this nagging, go check your mailbox. So I walked over to the mailroom and there was a new letter from the company with the fax number that I was trying to send it to. And I had trans. The universe was like, we got you. You know, to, and I was like, whoa, this is so cool. Like the littlest thing, sending a fax and being led to the correct number. Mm. And, you know, so, and I take that to mean I'm in alignment. Like I love when those things happen. I take it as just confirmation. Like you're right where you need to be. Mm -hmm. Stay open, you know, just keep, keep, you know, doing what you're doing. How do you take those things? I agree with that. It's like, I am where I'm supposed to be. And I, I, I have to remind myself that we always are right. Sometimes I know there's a lot of maybe even coaches like listening. Um, there's challenges with client attraction, things like that. And, and, or if you're in sales and you're trying to close a deal and it's like, it's going to happen if it's supposed to happen. And if it's not something higher and better is going to come through Mm. and that those little nudges here and there are like, oh yeah, of course, of course this is happening. And it, I think it um, inspires us to, or at least myself to 
be in more trust with where I am in each moment. Um, I have a tendency to want to speed things up and have things happen faster. And lately, it's probably because of the motherhood thing, I'm actually yes. enjoying it happening a little bit slower and having a little bit more time for things to sort of come through and shape up. Um, because there's always that elusive, like, everything's going to land or I'm going to arrive or something like that, you know, and it's, it never, never is right. We're always just constantly here now. And that constant, yes, that evolution and growth and just enjoying the process. I've really embraced, uh, awareness of enjoying this process of my life. Mm. And just, again, it's not like you said, and there are these achievements, for example, and they manifest, they come true, yet it's just like all still part of the journey and celebrate yourself, celebrate them. And yet also it's like, there's more and being excited for the, for the more and the continuity. Yeah. So I'm curious, what is next for you? Like, do you, and I want to get your website is GarrettNicoleWood.com for anyone who's resonating with our conversation, wants to work with you, order your book. You're on Instagram, Garrett N. Wood, as well as on Facebook. What, what is next for you? What is next for me? Um, I'm working with teams, um, teams of executives that I know that I've worked with, um, teams with from executives I haven't coached one-on-one before. Um, I believe in this new tool that I'm using called Squatify out of Australia. Um, and it basically democratizes teams and it it hones in on data that drives really high impact conversations. So there's no assumptions and um, everyone gets a voice. And I'm just really excited about it because For me, I can only do so much if I'm working with just one executive. And what I think is interesting um, is that I hated the corporate world. And this is a way for me to sort of be the change in the corporate space that I wanted in my 20s. Well, that's really what's up for me. Yeah. And then um, going back to podcasting this fall, I've taken the summer off just to really spend time with my son and um, really work on building out this um, tool. So, oh, so cool, Garrett. Yeah. What else do you feel like is important for us to cover in our last couple minutes? I would, I would love to know, aside from balance, what you're um, excited about right now with fitness. You know, for me, it's definitely balance and strength. I actually, I met at pre-pandemic a guy here at my gym in LA, and he just blew me away, Garrett. Like he was doing kettlebell swings on an upside-down Bosu ball, which I had Whoa. never thought of. And I talked to him and he's like, Oh, you can do it. You know, just start really light. And I, I mean, it took, it took, I don't even remember months, months, months till I could do it. And still I get a little trepidation because it's, but the core strength. And I started to see that as a metaphor for life, like things, you know, life is, is happening. And to have a strong core metaphorically is like, Mm. we're not going to get blown around by things in life. We're going to come back to our core sense of what's important Mm. to us. And I see that in fitness reflected physically, like having a strong core, like I'm not not interested in squatting, you know, 200 pounds. I could care less about that. Like I'd rather squat less, but have this balance on an unstable Mm -hmm. BOSU ball that like really I can feel like every muscle engaging, like it feels so satisfying in my Mm -hmm. body. And for someone that's been very 
mentally focused, how you addressed earlier fitness, bringing you to your body. It's been so awesome to just be in my body in this Mm. way and like really get to know its strength, how it's endless. Our bodies are so adaptive and can learn. And just, I'm excited to, you know, see how this balance journey, you know, like every time I go to the gym, I look at that BOSU. And it's kind of like, I'm terrified and excited, like, oh, what is the universe going to ask me to do now and work up, you know? So I just find that to be, um, does that answer your question? Yeah, I think that's amazing. I love hearing it just because fitness is such a big part of my life. And I love hearing what other people are excited about with fitness. Yeah. Yeah, it's like playtime for me. It really yeah. is, Garrett. Like I go to the gym and I don't have like an, a, an agenda per se. Like I know I did legs yesterday, you know, all this BOSU ball squatting. So today my body's like lay off of legs, but I might just go for a walk and do some abs. Like I always yeah. tune into my body. Like, what do you want to do today? And mm. kind of move through the body parts in a way that makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm going to minimize injury and maximize yeah you know, just staying strong and, and such, I might begin to work on some flexibility. That's always been an area I haven't really addressed so much. So some more stretching is I'm sitting with you right now. I'm, my attention is going to flexibility. Ooh, I love that. I worked on some of that today myself. What did you do? So good. I just, I'm rebuilding after having the baby. I actually gained 50 pounds. Um, Okay. I've lost all of it, which is crazy. Uh, the body is phenomenal. It's like, I didn't even try. Um, phenomenal. But I was doing like weighted chin-ups with, um, my max was 52 pounds around my waist. It was like wow. crazy. Um, wow. <laughs> and I can't wait to do that again. Uh, I don't yeah. know if I'll go 52. I'll probably try to make it to 35 pounds, but I swear it made the pregnancy so easy. And I so bet. I don't want to have another baby again until I'm like back, like as strong as humanly possible, because I um, love hearing you say that. Okay. You're inspiring me. I'm going to work on that chin ups with a, with the weight hanging. I've never done that. Oh yeah. That's really okay. fun. It's easy to get competitive with yourself. <laughs> I'll circle back to you on that. Once I start that know. journey. I'll follow you on Instagram. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for being with us today and taking your time out. Of course. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. You're welcome. Yeah. We'll talk soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. That concludes my show today, y'all, with Garrett Wood, Dare to Move podcast. Check out her podcast, her book, Dare to Move, Mindset Coach, Fitness, things that are really inspiring and cool that speak to me. And remember to follow me at NOLA Therapy, N-O-L-A-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y on Instagram and Facebook. Book sessions with me, nolatherapy.com. All my love. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir, only on LA Talk Radio. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. 
Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.